Hello, and welcome to Inherent Cast, Infinite Cast Part 2, Inherent Cast, the novel by Thomas Pichon. Pichon. Uh, we are back uh, with this project that we swear we are continuing to do <laughs> and dedicated to doing. Uh, no, this is par for the course of, yes. uh, you know, in, in Infinite Jest, we were studying like a little kid at ETA. Yes. And uh, now we're... In, uh, you, know, um, uh, di- you know, dissemination studies. <laughs> and uh, you know, l- learning focal focal lengths of lenses. Now we're doing we're a bit discursive, slacked, laid back. It's that it's it, the LA it happens vibe. when it happens. Yeah. Um, will you pass me the remote so I can put on some surfing vids? Yes, of course. Um, yes. So uh, you know, as as listeners to this show will uh, know and understand, it's been a, a crazy six weeks for us yes. here in the in uh, in inherent cast land in in general chapo land but mm-hmm. we um we 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 are committed to being with you it might take a bit <laughs> yeah. but but we're here uh and um i'll give uh, a specific shout out to a uh, friend of the friend of the pod wagner coop oh yeah uh, who shout out wagner uh, messaged me the other day to say that he picked up a copy of inherent advice to read along with us nice uh or his uh, driving book sales uh or his partner did or or yeah they're he and his partner are reading inherent inherent vice so Great. congratulations anyway should we get into it we should uh but first i do want to say it's, i feel like since since we've been gone since we've been gone yeah, yeah. Uh, you can read <laughs> for the first time since we've been gone there's been even more discourse about whether oh, yes. men are allowed to we- read which is unbelievable. Leave men alone. Leave men alone. Let men read basically whatever they want. I literally don't care. If any man picks up any book, they should be applauded. But P- Pinchon has been left out of this conversation, yes. which he, he's been uh, removed from the narrative as, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to be left out of the narrative, yes, what Taylor yes. Swift said. Uh you know, people don't pick pinch on as red flag books. Why does Infinite Jest get the heat and uh, and Gravity's Rainbow? Rainbow does not. Everyone's real quiet out here. It's quiet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I all I can say is that you know, I I think that men should be allowed to read books. Where what country and what year is this, <laughs> guys? There was another thing in Bustle that was like about like men thirstily reading, and I'm like. If that if if a man wants to get laid and he reads you know Sally Rooney to do it conversations <laughs> with friends or Elena Ferrante, I don't. That sounds fine. Yes. people do crazy stuff to get laid. Yes, the reading, reading a book, a book is, is like the, the least work. the least offensive thing what one could do. And in, in fact, it's, it a really, bu- it's a book. It's it's truly like. It's true, like, damn, men be out here bettering themselves and and sharpening their intellect to uh, achieve partners. Yes, you should. Unbelievable. The the other thing, yeah, I'm referring specifically to a Rolling Stone article about book talkers, which is <laughs> people who are on TikTok talking about books. And uh, Haruki Murakami is a red flag guy, which I'm just like, c- calm down. Yes. He's horny for weird body parts. He loves ears. He's uh, all of his women are like, you know, like the main. You know what? I'm I'm pro manic pixie dream girl. Let let a girl dream yes. in a manic pixie way. Everyone is just, wh- just why are we why are we confining people? Just under this rubric, I can't even imagine a single book that would not be a red flag because anything. 
What any, is a non-red flag book? Because any book has like an inherent, like a cultural implicate. Like, like even should. if you're somebody who's reading, I don't know, like, like conspicuously reading like Jane Austen or something, you're like, oh, well, you're just reading the girl books because you want to be right. That, and that's what the book, the book talker ladies are saying. They're like, you need to read Jane Austen and like Octavia Butler and shit. And I'm like, I bet if you saw a man reading Octav- Octavia Butler, you would think that he was being disingenuous. Yes. No, men shouldn't read. They should be out there rising and grinding. The only uh, book they should, they should read is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> they should be splitting wood in the forest. <laughs> They should be learning how to start their own Amazon dropship company. <laughs> they should be getting and buying an ebook that teaches you oh how to God. do it. All those lists of the like verified Twitter user lists of like 10 books you need to read are always so fucking depressing. I will teach you to be rich by Ramit Sethi. That was a, <laughs> I, yeah, there's all kind. I don't know. It's I've just, never heard. Is that literally a book name? Yes, it is. Yeah. I will teach you to be rich. Yeah. That's how it's from I my mean, finance working days. I mean, finance tech days. I, I don't, I don't want to sound racist, but that does sound like so, like a self-published book from like a. Uh, I don't want to sound racist, but, but famous last word. Yeah, but like it, it sounds like a like a something that would be put on like self-published on Amazon to like game the algorithm. Uh, yeah, many uh, by yeah. like uh, you know like an Indian AI company or. Something. I mean, I I think that that book basically did inspire an entire generation of like fake fake uh, chat GPT like ebooks. Uh, re- read whatever you want. That you know, last weekend I went I went out to a birthday party and started chatting with a couple of young men who uh, said I was about to say admitted said with their full chest that they loved reading Bukowski. Yes, and Hunter S. Thompson, and I'm like, that's not cool. a red flag. All I'm hearing is that you're reading books. Yes, uh, I remember chatting with these people. They were we were at a bar. Uh, they were young. Youngish, you know, 20, 23, 24, 24. One of them is a local journalist who's really into Hunter Thompson. Which, but yes, is like slay. writing about. No, this, don't sit, don't spit. No, this, well, uh, I'm just saying, like, is like doing stories about don't the sco- city. Yes. And, and he's a local journalist. Uh, yeah. And, and, and trying to find uh, good, interesting things to write. And it, like, yes, that re- shit is read good. the best and then try try to imitate. Gonzo, Gonzo Maxing. Uh, I've been, yeah. I, I, one of the me- several things I've been reading to Matt in hospital was uh, Fear and Loathing, Campaign Trail seventy two. Great book. He's got, he's got the sauce. We can, no one can deny. Yes. not a red flag. All right, let's green get flags into all the way down. Yes. all right, let's read. <laughs> if you, if you see your man with a book, that's a green. That's flag. a green flag. Okay, chapter six. Uh, unable to reach her at home, Doc finally had to call Deputy DA Penny Kimball at her office downtown. A lunch date had just happened to cancel, so she agreed to pencil Doc in. He showed up at a a peculiar Skid Row eatery off Temple, where wine abusers up from bedrolls and vacant lots back of what remained of the old nickel mingled with superior court judges taking recess breaks, not to mention a population of lawyers in suits whose high-decibel jabbering rebounded off the mirrored walls, rattling and threatening at times to knock over all the 85-cent Mickeys of Muscatel and Tokay stacked up in pyramids behind the steam tables. <laughs> Pres- Sounds like a great place. Yeah. I, would like to, I would like to go here. Presently, in strolled Penny, one hand loosely in a jacket pocket, exchanging civilized remarks with any number of perfectly groomed co-workers. She was wearing shades and one of those gray polyester business outfits with a very short skirt. This Wolfman Charlock case is how she greeted Doc. Apparently one of your old girlfriends is a principal. 
Not that he was expecting a friendly kiss or anything. There were colleagues watching, and he didn't want to, what you'd call, fuck up her act. She put her attache case on the table and sat staring at Doc. A courtroom technique, no doubt. I just heard that she skipped, Doc said. Put it another way, how close were you and Shasta Faye Hepworth? He'd been asking himself this for a while now, but didn't know the answer. <laughs> it was all over with years ago, he said. Months? She had other fish to fry. Did it break my heart? Sure did. If you hadn't come along, babe, who knows how bad it might have got. True, you were a fucking mess. But old times aside, have you had any contact with Miss Hepworth in, say, the last week or so? Well, now, funny you should ask. She called me up a couple days before Mickey Wolfman disappeared with a story about how his wife and her boyfriend were plotting to hustle Mickey into the booby hatch and grab all his money. So I sure hope you guys or the cops or whoever are looking into that. And with your years of experience as a PI, would you call that a reliable lead? I've known worse. Oh, wait, I dig. You're all just going to ignore this, right? <laughs> Some hippie chick with boyfriend trouble, brains all discombobulated with dope, sex, rock and roll. Doc, I never see you this emotional. Because the lights are out, usually. Uh-huh, well, apparently you didn't tell any of this to Lieutenant Bjornsson when he pulled you in at the crime scene. I promised Shasta I'd come talk to you first, see if anybody at the DA's shop could help. Kept calling you, day and night, no reply. Next thing I know, Wolfman's gone, Glenn Sherlock's dead. And Bjornsson seems to think you're as good a suspect as anyone in this. Seems to. You've been talking to Bigfoot about me? <laughs> wow, well, never trust a flatland chick, man. Prime directive <laughs> of life at the beach. All we've been to each other to? Hey, if that's the way it must be, okay, as Roy Orbison always says holding out his wrist dramatically. Let's get it over with. Doc, shh, please. She was so cute when she got embarrassed, nose wrinkling and so forth, but it didn't last long. Besides, maybe you did do it. Has that crossed your mind yet? Maybe you just conveniently forgot about it, the way you uh, do so often forget things. And this peculiar reaction of yours now is a typically twisted way of confessing the act. Well, but how would I forget something like that? Grass and who what knows what else, Doc. Hey, come on. Uh, I'm only a light smoker. <laughs> oh, how many joints a day on average? Um, have to look in the log. <laughs> Listen, Bjornsson's in charge of the case. That's all. He'll be interviewing hundreds of you people. Us people. Come in my fucking window again is basically what you're saying. According to police reports, you have tended to barricade your door on previous occasions. <laughs> You pulled my jacket and looked me up. Penny, you really do care, with a glance meant to be appreciative, but which all these mirrors in here, as Doc checked out his image, were somehow presenting as just another red-eyed doper stare. A red-eyed doper stare. I'm going after a sandwich. Can I bring you something? Ham, lamb, or beef? Lamb? <laughs> Maybe just vegetable of the day? <laughs> Doc watched her getting in line. What kind of DDA game was she running on him now? 
He wished he could believe her more, but the business was unforgiving, and life in psychedelic 60s L.A. offered more cautionary arguments than you could wave a joint at against too much trust, and the 70s were looking no more promising. (laughs) Penny knew more about this case than she was telling Doc. He'd seen enough of that shifty way legals had of holding back information. Lawyers taught it to each other, attended weekend seminars out in motels in La Puente just to work on greasiness skills, and there was no reason, sad to say, that Penny should be any exception. She got back to the table with the vegetable of the day, steamed Brussels sprouts heaped on a plate. Doc waded in. Yum, yeah, man. See that Tabasco a minute? <laughs> hey, have you talked to anybody over at the coroner's? Maybe your friend Lagonda's seen Glenn's autopsy? Penny shrugged. Lagonda describes the matter as very sensitive there. The body's already been cremated and she won't say any more than that. She watched Doc eat for a while. Well, and how's everything at the beach? With a low-sincerity smile he knew well enough by now to beware. Groovy, psychedelic, surf bunnies all as attentive as ever. Oh, and how are those two stews I caught you with that time? (laughs) Told you, man, it was that jacuzzi. The pumps were on too high. Those bikinis just kind of mysteriously came undone. It wasn't nothing deliberate. (laughs) As it seemed she never missed a chance to do lately, Penny was referring to Doc's on-and-off partners in mischief, the notorious steward I, Lourdes and Motella, who occupied a palatial bachelorette pad in Gordita, down on Beachfront Drive, with a sauna and a pool, and a bar in the middle of the pool, and usually an endless supply of high-quality weed, as the ladies were known to smuggle in forbidden merchandise, having by now, it was said, enormous fortunes stashed in offshore bank accounts. Yet after nightfall, most any layover here, it seemed that they ended up cruising the bleak arterials of dismal L.A. backwaters, seeking out of some helpless fatality the company of low lives of opportunity. Maybe you'll be seeing them sometime soon? Penny avoiding eye contact. Lourdes and Motella, he inquired as gently as he could. They're uh, chicks of interest to your shop. (laughs) Chicks of interest. (laughs) Chicks of interest. Band name. Yes. Uh, not so much them as some company they've been keeping lately. If, in the course of bikini-related activities, you should happen to hear them mentioned by name, either or both of a pair of young gentlemen known as Cookie and Joaquin, <laughs> could you try to make a note of it on something waterproof and let me know? Hey, if you're thinking of dating outside the legal profession, I can sure fix you up. If you're really desperate, there's always me. She'd been looking at her watch. Hectic week ahead for me, Doc, so unless any of this heats up dramatically, I hope you understand. As romantically as he could, Doc sang her a few quiet falsetto bars of Wouldn't It Be Nice. (laughs) She had learned the technique of pointing her face one way and her eyes another, in this case sideways at Doc, with her lids half shut, and a smile she knew would have its effect. Walk me back to the office? Outside of the Hall of Justice, as if remembering something... Do you mind if I just drop something off next door at the federal courthouse? It won't take a minute. They weren't two steps into the lobby before being joined, or did he mean surrounded, by a couple of feds in cheap suits who could have used a little more time in the sun. (laughs) These are my next-door neighbors, Special Agent Flatweed, Special Agent Borderline, Doc Sportello. (laughs) Gotta say I've always admired you guys, 8 p.m. every Sunday night. Wow, I never miss an episode. Would that be FBI? FBI, Would yes. Would that be uh, Once, Once Upon, Upon a Time? time yeah. Should we watch that today? Oh, baby. The ladies' room is down this way, right? Said Penny. I'll be back in a jiffy. Doc watched her out of sight. He knew her gait when she had to piss, and this wasn't <laughs> it. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> I was about to ask, I was about to ask you if you know the same, but I feel like that's not really a you know how how many times do I have to pee? Basically, never. No, yeah. I don't. I don't really do that. Uh, she wouldn't be back anytime soon. <laughs> <Don't do that. laughs> he had about a second and a half to get spiritually prepared before Agent Flatweed said, "Come on, Larry, let's find us a cup of Joe." They politely but firmly steered him into an elevator, and for a minute he wondered when he'd get to smoke a joint again. <laughs> Upstairs, they waved Doc into a cubicle with framed pictures of Nixon and J. Edgar Hoover. The coffee, in sumptuous black cups with gold FBI insignia, didn't taste like it accounted for too much of their entertainment budget. <laughs> from what Doc could make out, both Federals seemed newly arrived in town, maybe even straight from our nation's capital. By now, he had seen a few of these back east envoys who landed in California expecting to have to deal with rebellious and exotic natives and either maintained a force field of contempt till the tour of duty was up or else with blinding speed found themselves barefoot and stoned, putting their stick in their woody and following the surf off wherever it might roll. That's the Don Draper. Yes. Uh, there seemed uh, no middle range of choices. It was hard for Doc not to imagine these two as surf Nazis doomed to repeat a film loop of some violent but entertaining beach movie wipeout. Agent Borderline had taken out a folder and begun to look through it. Hey, what's that you got there? Doc angling his head amiably, Ronald Reagan style, to peer at it. Ah, a print. Ah, uh, <laughs> a federal file on me? Wow, man, the big time. Agent Borderline closed the folder abruptly and slid into a pile of others on a credenza, but not before Doc saw a blurred telephoto shot of himself out in a parking lot, probably Tommy's, sitting on the hood of his car, holding a gigantic cheeseburger that's spelled with a Z, and peering into it quizzically, actually poking through the layers of pickles, oversized tomato slices, lettuce, chili, onions, cheese, and so forth, not to mention the ground beef part of it, which was almost an after afterthought, an obvious giveaway to those who knew about Krishna the Fry Cook's practice of including somewhere in this, for 50 cents extra, a joint wrapped in wax paper. Actually, the tradition had begun in Compton years ago and found its way to Tommy's, at least by the summer of 68, when Doc, in the famished aftermath of a demonstration against NBC's plans to cancel Star Trek, had joined a convoy <laughs> of irate fans in pointed rubber ears and Starfleet uniforms to plunge, it seemed, down Beverly Boulevard into deep L.A., around a dogleg and on into a patch of town tucked in between the Hollywood and Harbor freeways, which is where he first beheld, at the corner of Beverly and Coronado, the burger navel of the universe. <laughs> What's that? I was lost in thought. You were drooling on the desk. And you weren't supposed <laughs> to... Looking at a picture of himself about, eating a burger. Isn't there still... Isn't Tommy's... Tommy's is I a thing. I think that's a thing, still. Yeah. Tommy's a chili burger, right? A joint wrapped in wax paper in a in burger. In a burger. Sorry, I'm just having a sip. Yes. I, that doesn't... <laughs> it sounds both, uh, very romantic, but also... <laughs> very impractical you gotta hope it's wrapped rather tight also that a description of um the star trek protests reminds me of something that i think would make like a good movie or something which is a, a, like a dramatization of the first ever comic con oh yeah uh which i believe ha was held in the early 70s and that it was like basically in a basement i think in san diego of like star trek nerds cool you know like the 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 60 people you could get together through like mail yeah catalog like correspondence of of probably be something that uh if how to with john wilson existed then he would have uh oh, yes. he would have covered like, no those i Avatar like, guys yes i i 
a thing that would be great to uh, have any um, record of, but I don't think much exists. But I mean, now, especially now, given how massive Comic Con is, maybe you yeah. do the movie of being like uh, intercutting between like some kind of like small scale story at the original one and uh, some bigger thing at the uh, at the like a one. Steve Jobs style thing of you yes, know. exactly like the movie Steve Jobs. Yes. Yeah, like the movie Steve Jobs and the life of Steve Jobs. Yes. Uh, um that that's why you know i'm i'm just such a baby where i'm like stranger things would have been good if it was just about kids playing tnt in the 80s yes they don't need some whole supernatural mumbo jumbo yes anyway uh you were drooling on the desk and you weren't supposed to see that file i'm trying to do an fbi you're drooling on the desk desk. and you weren't supposed to see that file yeah uh, only wondering if you had any copies i always like to carry some pictures around in case people want autographs these days, as you may know, Agent Flatwood Weed said, most of the energy in this office is going into investigating black nationalist hate groups. And it's come to our attention that you had a visit yourself not long ago from a known black prison militant calling himself Tariq Khalil. We naturally became curious. It's the chronology, really, Agent Borderline pretended to explain. Khalil visits your place of business. Next day, a known prison acquaintance of his is slain. Michael Wolfman disappears and you get arrested on suspicion. And cut loose again. Don't forget that part. You guys talked to Bigfoot Bjornsson about this? He has the whole file on the case. Way more information than I ever will. And you'd really like talking to him. He's, <laughs> he's real intelligent and shit. Lieutenant Bjornsson's impatience with the federal level is widely remarked on. Agent Borderline <laughs> looking up from speed reading another folder. And his cooperation, if any, is likely to be limited. You, on the other hand, may know things he doesn't. For example, what about these two employees of Kahuna Airlines, Miss Motella Haywood and Miss Lourdes Rodriguez, whom Penny had just also been asking about? What a strange and weird coincidence. Well, what have these young ladies got to do with your black nationalist COINTELPRO? Not, I hope, just because they both happen to be of non-Anglo origins or nothing. Ordinarily, said Agent Flatwood, we, we, sorry, we are the ones who ask the questions. Sure thing, fellas, except aren't we all in the same business? And there's no need to be insulting. Why don't you just share with us what Mr. Khalil had to say the other day when he visited you, suggested Agent Borderline. Oh, because he's a client, so that's privileged conversation is why not. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If it has bearing on the Wolfman case, we might have to disagree. Groovy, but what I can't figure is, if your shop is really so focused on the Black Panthers and all that lets you and him fight with Rod Karanga's, Ron Karanga's folks and so forth, what's with this FBI interest in Mickey Wolfman? Somebody's been playing Monopoly with federal housing money? No, couldn't be that, because this is L.A. There's no such thing here. What else then, I wonder? We can't comment, Agent Flatweed smug and Doc Hoped lulled by his deliberately clueless cross-inquiry. Oh, wait. I know. After 24 hours, it's officially a kidnap case, state lines or whatever. So you guys must be figuring it for a panther operation. Say they put the snatch on Mickey to make some political point and get a shot at some nice ransom money, too, while they're at it. At which the two Federals, as if unable not to, had a quick nervous look at each other, suggesting they'd at least thought about this for a cover story. Well, bummer and so forth. Wish I could help, but that Khalil guy didn't even leave me a phone number. You know how irresponsible they can get. Doc stood, put out his cigarette in the rest of his FBI coffee. Uh, tell, <laughs> Pe- 
Tell Penny uh, the, an act of disrespect. It's actually incredibly annoying as, I, as I've done this morning. It's a little annoying to uh, clean up uh, like full liquid uh, canisters with a cigarette in them. Yes. Whatever. It's hard. It's tough. Uh, we should get <laughs> we should get more ashtrays at the house. Yes. Uh, tell Penny how groovy it was of her to set up this little get together. Oh, and hey, can I be frank for a minute? Let me be frank. Of course, said Agents Flatweed and Borderline. Snapping his fingers, Doc sang himself out the door with four bars of Fly Me to the Moon, more or less on pitch, and added, I know that the director has a thing about spade penises, and I sure hope you find Mickey before any of that cell block stuff starts happening. He's not cooperating, Agent Borderline (laughs) muttered. Keep in touch, Larry, called Agent Flatweed. Remember, as a COINTELPRO informant, you could be making up to $300 a month. (laughs) Sure, say hi to Lou Erskine. Lou Erskine? Um, I feel like I should know that. And the gang. Michael S. Judge would know who that is. All the way down in the elevator, though, it was Penny that Doc was worrying about. If the best bargaining chip she had with these days was to shop him to the Federales, she had to be in some deep shit with somebody. But how deep and who with? The only connection he saw right offhand was that both Federal and County Heat shared a common interest in the Stewart Eye, Lourdes, and Motella and their friends Cookie and Joaquin. Yep, he had best go look into that as soon as possible, not least because the girls were just back from Hawaii and probably had some heavy-duty dope in the house. How are we doing on time? Uh, we're up about 25 minutes, and I think that's really fun. You think that's good? Yeah. All right. And we don't have to go super lo- long on these. Uh, would rather stretch it out. <laughs> sure. Lourdes. 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 Yeah. That's Madonna's child's name. Really? Yeah. One of them, anyway. Um. Being a L.A. to Hawaii stewardess in in or around 1970 sounds like a glamorous job. That's one of my. Um, I think that I could. I think it could be a really good uh, air hostess. Um, but not not now. now. Not now. In the 70s. In the 70s. In the when 60s it was fun. To, when it was fun to fly. And it, yes, when it was glamorous and fun before they turned it into being becoming human cattle. No, now now you essentially have to be social workers um, for yes. uh, in, insane drunk people in the air. One of my favorite revelations from the COVID era was that the the official pr- uh, procedure for dealing with unruly passengers was to literally tape them to the seat. Oh yes, do you remember seeing a few of those? I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't I mean, it makes me. sense. Like, what else are you supposed to do with somebody who's going crazy on a plane? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, should there be, like, the brig? Should every plane have... Have a brig, yes. Should you just stick people down? I guess you get into it's liability. Like the, it should be, like, the bonus bathroom of being like, all right, uh, we're turning... The, this this bathroom is now deputized as a brig. <laughs> we're de- yeah, we're down a restroom. Uh, Doc is sassier in this chapter than in most yeah i think he's, he's getting, like a little bit on one yeah I, I think the fbi just brings it brings it out yeah of him. talking to the da it is funny so, so the da like screws him here he she, yeah like he, they she were traps him into an fbi interview yes right? uh which you know we were talking before uh we started recording where i was like you know doc, doc is an incel not quite you know not quite the right word it's like he's obviously getting laid at some point but everybody else uh, everyone else is getting laid yeah. but him doc, uh, doc is kind of uh is everyone having fun without me character and like you know he gets visited by shasta who's an ex she le- she, do- she doesn't even uh she doesn't bone him uh he sees his 
uh, you know, fling Penny. Mm-hmm. She she's like, I'm, you know, not not only cutting the lunch short, but uh, swings him over to the uh, the F- feds. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like you know, everyone else is having like a groovy time, and he's he he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I I I, I countered that Doc is kind of a hero of inaction. Hero of inaction. Uh, in in this is that like. You keep getting a sense of all the uh, groovy, uh, hip happening people that he knows and circles he travels in, but you don't get a sense of him wanting to like actually participating in any of those things. Other or than just like stoned. he's there, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. like even I uh, I keep thinking of um, uh, like his interactions with um, the uh, Mickey Wolfman's wife Sloane and like uh, lose the like you know, kind of house, yes. house girl. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word to say. Uh, ha- house lady. And he's always like, he's always amorous, but never like, he. he's never amorous, the one yes. like pushing it. Yeah. Like he, he's like, oh, you know, I mean, talk about the, the song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? Yes. Wouldn't It Be Nice is Wouldn't like, nice. ah, I'm not really going to do anything about it, but it certainly would be nice if you did. Um, Wouldn't it be, be nice? Um, I like that song. I think what I never, is, what's I the best Beach Boys song? Good vibrations. God only knows. Oh well, that's the two of us. You you like you like the. Good. I I used I like to have the, this, I like the emo one. I used to have this uh, live recording of them doing Good Vibrations, like right around the time that it came out. And that starts with one of the Wilson brothers going like, "One second, gotta set this up. Brian's got me playing this dang woo woo box." <laughs> I should it. look into the Beach Boys more because I've never they I've never attached myself to the Beach like Pet I remember reading I so much about how Pet, Pet Sounds Sound, I feel like Pet like Sounds was the in the definitive. top it's, it just top hit. three of like it's Rolling always, Stones best yeah, yeah. albums of all time and I find that shit like it's I'm fine. I don't know there's no there there yeah. for me but I should give it I should give it another shot yeah I'm always I'm always ready to be proven wrong taste can change but i've always i mean i grew up on beach boys as a subsidiary of uh the full house uh tv show (laughs) where um jesse katsopoulos played by uh john stamos is like obsessed with the beach boys and they eventually appeared on the show of joining which weren't we just talking about the guy in the philippines who was in a journey cover band and he got called up to play Play, to be the to be the journey guy yeah never do anything that you're not ready to get called up to the pros to do and then there uh, like i remember reading something about that where that guy was like uh, essentially like indentured to journey like he like i bet he signed a contract if he got an offer he couldn't refuse yes uh, but but also a yeah a contract that uh he shouldn't have signed (laughs) if if there's anything about legacy bands it's that i'm sure that they would like to minimize uh non-diva turnover so it's like uh yeah you have signed a (laughs) 20-year what what is the guy who fronts queen's queen now it's adam lambert and adam i would love to see what the deal is between him and like rod and roger taylor uh, you like gotta the, assume the, they're making enough money that things are friendly. I would, yes, I would assume that they are all, yes, that they are that it is friendly. But I kind of bet Brian May, the guitarist and the drummer, are making slightly more than him because they oh, are, yeah. qu- they are Queen, they are Queen, and he's he Adam Lambert, the, and he is, and they're billed the as guy, Queen, yeah. isn't it Queen and Adam Lambert, something queen like that, with Adam Lambert, something something like that. But even though he is fronting and 
singing the singing song, the songs, which you could argue is yeah, the most important he's part like of Queen. the star of it. He's still not. He's not in the band. You know, uh, Adam Lambert is. Uh, probably which you know what? what? Good for Brian May, one of the greatest guitarists ever. Sure, and um, also Roger Taylor, a drummer. <laughs> no, he's a he's a great drummer. I I respect Brian May came out with a uh, Lady Gaga on one of her um, VMA performances, which I always thought yes. was nice. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Speaking of, sorry, this is like a total aside, but you know, while while we're re rejiggering uh, and introducing. Um, Rolling St- Rolling Stones' new album out, you know, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, produced by Andrew Watt, uh, who is like, it's weird. My friend actually knows knows him from like school, like high school. Uh, he's the, he's becoming like the choice of like dinosaur rock guys to produce their albums. Yeah, he's in his thirties, uh, and yet like is you know I I just think that's a fact. Ima- imagine like being in your thirties and being like I'm producing a Rolling Stones a record. Rolling Stones record. I feel like you have to both, you have to be very respectful and like eat a lot of shit and then maybe every so often make it a suggestion that's like, you know, people in 2023 are doing it this way. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a little uh, like, it's a combination of, you know, uh, Mike Myers from uh, Wayne's World, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, and, and also, okay, grandpa. <laughs> you <know>? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you have to, you have to strike the perfect balance. Yeah. More more people should be uh, paying attention to him in that way. Anyway, uh, sounds like somebody you should profile on I Enjoy Music. Maybe I don't know if he he would have the time for me. I think he's like. I mean, who else is this curious about his career? That's true. The kids should. Well, I was about to say, the kids should be more curious. You no, they should, shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, inherent vice. Should we talk about? Um, should we do a, a plot recap? Do you want to try to do it? I'm. I I have already. I mean, it's a sign of this book that it's like it, there's so many things happening. I wanted to talk about the the COINTELPRO of it of okay. this cha- chapter, and you know, in the well, wait, wait, can I can I try yeah. to recap and then okay, we'll talk COINTELPRO? Yes. You know, just trying to keep the bit going. Yeah. All right. So we have Doc. Uh, he's visited by XGF Shasta, who yes. says that her new boyfriend Mickey Wolfman is about to be put away uh, into a loony hatch. bin, a laughing factory. The, uh, the Gray Bar Hotel by um, his wife and an associate. He's yes. like, oh, and then she disappears. Uh, meanwhile, he gets a visit from Tariq Khalil, uh, who said that you know there's a guy he was in lockup with who like he you know he's like a black nationalist and his uh, other guy is a white nationalist mm-hmm. and they found some common ground and he has a debt that he is owed and you need to find Glenn Charlock. Yes, he goes. Doc goes the next day and uh, goes to the Channel View Estates. Where Mickey Wolfman is a Mickey Wolfman concept uh, to try to like sniff things out, uh, and then gets wha- you know bopped in the head in the massage parlor. Mm-hmm. Comes to Glenn Charlock is dead, and he is under suspicion that he killed him from Nemesis Bigfoot Bjornsson, who gives him the business uh, and then brings him back to his car. Uh, not before offering uh, you know like an to allow him deal. to be an informant. Yes. Okay. So then separately, then he gets a call from Hope Harlingen. Uh, uh, purported widow of surf rock saxophone is Koi Harlingen, uh, ex-junkie. Yes. She thinks that Koi, Koi OD'd, she thinks that he didn't. Yes. Uh, and then also she knows of Shasta and like everyone is kind of vaguely aware of each other. Uh, Doc goes to his cousin uh, who is in a band called Beer. Beer. Uh, asking about Koi 
and then he talks to an L a different LA police officer who also hates um Bigfoot. Yes. A, who was the one who told Hope that over the phone that Coy was dead mm -hmm. uh, and like ask him about some stuff and hear some like shifty things about Bigfoot's motivations in, in this whole case. Yes. Bigfoot wants to be an influencer. Bigfoot wants to be an, an actor and, and content creator. Yes. Um, okay. This all happens. And now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, he, he talks to, he, Oh, he goes and sees his old uh, detective. Like, Oh yes. Uh, 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 repo guys. Yes. who now have a computer. <laughs> yes. And then he's like, I think, uh, hopefully I'm not skipping over anything. Then he's like, all right, let me try to find out where Mickey Wolfman went. Mm -hmm. And so he goes to Sloan. Um, the DA. His, no, no, Sloan is uh, Mickey's wife. Oh, yes. And okay, Sloan is at their uh, house with a bunch of like cops playing by the pool. Yeah. And, you know, has like a, a spicy conversation and then sees that like Mickey had a collection of hand painted pornographic neckties. Pornographic And he neckties. was like looking for Shasta in it. It's like, all right, we and he maybe maybe gets a lead on where they put Mickey, but he leaves that behind like nothing solid. Uh, and then I think he he talks to Hope, right? Or yes. no, no, he talks to um, Peg, Penny, who is the D.A. Yes. Or in the D.A.'s office, uh, a fling. And then she um, punts him to the FBI. And now we have the introduction of interest in two stewardesses, steward I and two associates named Cookie and Joaquin. Yes. Does that sound about right to that you? That sounds about right. I, I couldn't I couldn't conceive of a more thorough recapping of the, the plot. Thank you. Um, All right, let's talk COINTELPRO. Yeah, I mean, I it's just like, and I, 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 I gather that the point of this book is to wrap up and touch on all the the weird stuff that was happening in California at this time, and, and it's like, you know, as we talked earlier, we we touch on the invention of the internet. Yes. Which is one thing, and now we are, like, very specifically uh, addressing the, uh, you know, active measures being taken against, uh, you know, um, civil rights groups and various mm -hmm. protest groups, uh, lefty gr groups, and, uh, you know, him specifically shouting out COINTELPRO. I have no idea how... Like obviously is and especially in the circles we travel in that that stuff is very much known and like taken for granted as a fact, but I have no idea how like widely known like could you just go up to any random hippie in nineteen nineteen seventy and say COINTELPRO and they would know you what you were talking about yeah yeah uh, or is this a you know a a, a post facto uh, assertion about the era I mean I guess. I guess it's, you know, it's Doc in particular who yeah. does seem, for better or for worse, plugged into all of that stuff that's going on. I guess that that's the reveal is that he's both, you know, a, a, a mental disaster who's constantly dropping into reveries about a burger he ate once, but then also, like, is a, he's aware of everything. Yeah. And he's not, I don't think he's as dumb as he seems and is, you know, constantly trying to, like, play kind of conversational tricks on people and i think i just yeah i think he's aware of all this stuff yeah well i think that's also one of the things about this is that knowledge does not necessarily equal uh power you know he is aware of everything but he is a, 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 as we've seen so far virtually well, he's yeah, yeah he's not he helpless. can't do anything yeah. to stop it 
Yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny the like, you know, rhetorical tricks he used, like, you know, being kind of overtly racist, for example, yeah. to the people that he thinks and assumes are also racist yes. to try to like draw draw out information in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's funny. Like he he talks about I, I think the the standout of this section is just him being like, aren't, aren't we all like on the on the same side? He's like, yes. I am not. <laughs> he's like, I'm not a criminal. I am trying to solve the case. I am a, de- I am a detective who is also like, we're, I'm just trying to find out the same things as you. So like, why are you, why, why are you hassling me, man? But he has more power because he can go undercover. Yes, he can. He can. He can uh, uh, you know, he's not wearing the cheap suits. Uh, what and you know can. Changes hair and and clothes to fit. You know, he goes and sees Sloane Wolfman and like, you know, wears an unfashionable tie. Like he does. You know, he's he's more skilled than he puts on. But it is. I mean, it's classic. It is a slacker noir where he he, his his weaknesses seem to be women and marijuana. Yeah, (laughs) almost exclusive. But maybe like he's more into like flirting than actually fucking. You know. Yeah, he's kind of like which I isn't that also somewhat of a detective thing of yours? Like none of those Raymond Chandler guys were actually smashing. No, no, all those guys are like robots. Yeah, like the classic noir. Yeah, uh, you flirt. You flirt with a lady, and you're like a cigarette-powered machine. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, and you you you. Typically, you have a broad come in and flirt with you, and you're like, "Oh, this, it's this is trouble that this lady is is yeah. flirting with me." Oh, this day da- this dame is uh, putting yeah. it on a, a rather strong. I've, I'm not sure what to do with her. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm just thinking, even the idea that he's fucking someone from the DA's office is strategic. But it is a, it is also it is strategic. But it is also like he's not fucking. He has fucked. Has fucked. Yeah, he's not pack. doing it right. He's, she certainly didn't want to leave. You know, leave. Yes. The lunch counter. Every yeah, I mean that's the thing that's kind of interesting about him as a protagonist is that in in the moment he, he's not doing much but just going and talking, talking. to people. But every, everything about him has happened in the past. Like yeah, I mean he again, was that, in he was in a jacuzzi with two chicks whose bikini yes. tops had mysteriously yes uh, fallen off. That did happen. Yes. there was a witness. <laughs> but he's not doing that stuff now. Yes. Maybe it's like he's, does he just like work a case? Maybe is it like he's in case mode? I, yeah. I don't know. Well, no. Well, okay. So, I mean, this goes back to my major theory about this book is that it is essentially a book about time passing. Yes. A, a, a person who whose time has passed. How People, old? I mean, how old is Doc Sportello supposed to be? That's a good question. I would think older than he should, like 35. I'm guessing he's mid, this is, it's giving 35 year old man. Yes. Where all of the tricks that you used to yeah. get away with aren't, you can't really get away with yeah. anymore, especially if you're not participating in like heteronormative monogamous like yeah. society. Uh, especially Which in comes this for time. us all. <laughs> no, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, have to. It, it, well, 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 look who decided to <laughs> be normal. <laughs> that's, a, that's from a, um, <laughs> Folks, if you're not listening to Seeking Derangements, I highly recommend checking in on uh, that podcast now. Uh, How long has Seeking Derangements been podcasting? They have like 300 episodes or something. They've been doing it for a long, for what a while. What is the average? Been, I should listen to Seeking Derangements. I've just been cheating by, you know. Uh, Jacques Ben and Hessa are, are fucking on one right now. And uh, like just dipping in now and the listening to the need back to know. few episodes. Uh, they've been. I should listen. Uh, Do they have free? I should just they, yeah. They have free episodes. Like they have a normal some, person. Yes. Uh, high, highly recommend checking in. But they were answering. 
they were doing listener call-ins and it was from somebody being like uh you know i'm i'm in a a queer community in the place i live and i want to date seriously but it seems like everybody that i'm uh everybody near me or in in my community it seems to be in some kind of polyamorous relationship and it's very difficult to date within that because i don't want any i don't want to i just want to date somebody man i don't want to be in a like a polycule uh, and they were just riffing on it, and they, and one of their pieces of advice was like, you know, continue being friends with everybody, and give it a few years because has anybody ever encountered a polyamorous relationship on their like fourth year or something? It does not last. <laughs> and then they were jo- joking and being like, yeah, just wait it out until they they decide to be normal and crawl back to you. <laughs> they were, and the line was, well, 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 look who's decided to be normal. <laughs> That's, uh, that's, one, that's one that i think everybody can find an application uh to in their in their normal in hey, their everyday that, lives that mostly we just all al- know somebody that you can say well 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 look who's decided to be normal that also just aligns with my basic view of life is uh, uh a lot of life is timing uh yes. and you certainly can't force force time uh, you know, it's as Madonna said and express yourself. You deserve Time the best goes in life. By so slowly. Oh, that's a completely different <laughs> song. Tim Tim goes by. Tim so goes slowly. by. No, if you deserve the best in life, and if the time isn't right, then move on. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you know, as a as another like a some singer said, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. <laughs> you just have to wait for the hoe to turn herself yes. into a housewife. Someday it will work. But time is the cruelest, the cruelest mistress of them all. Yes, because it does, it, it does go by so, so slowly, slowly, but also so fast, so yes. damn fast. Um, look <laughs> well, who well, well. Look who decided, look who decided to be normal. <laughs> I can't, I can't get get more specific, but I definitely have at least a couple of friends who have who, have who done that. that rubric, yeah, yeah. Which you know, there's a reason why normal is normal. It is you know the yeah. baseline. It, it, it works. It works. It works. It works if you work it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I recently this week I went to a um, live podcast taping that was in taping. What am I talking about? Taping, just a performance. Hey, I shout don't out think... another podcast that we both love, Who Weekly. Who Weekly? It's funny. I wonder if they did record it. They should. It, it was. An, it was an audio. Vi- it was an audio visual experience. It, you needed the PowerPoint. Hey, as as I know well, people hate the live shows. Uh, but we even were... though the live shows are very good. Yeah. Uh, people, it, it was downtown, downtown LA and, uh, where the DA's office is, where the DA's office is, and it is, it's, it's funny. It's pointed out as, you know, apparently scuzzy at the, the turn of the seventies, but, um, you know, still, still scuzzy, uh, w- needed a place to like get a drink and a snack before. So we went to a place that was, it's literally billed in Google maps as the like originator of the French dip sandwich. Yes. Uh, and, uh, it was. Co- cozy as hell in there. The light fixture seemed old. Everything was covered in wood. And I got a martini and a grilled cheese. Was, <laughs> that, I feel like that's a kind of doc, slightly Doc Sportello meal. He's not a martini guy. Yeah, no, though. I don't think so. I, I feel he like doesn't really drink. Have you noticed no, that? Yes. Al- uh, weed is his alcohol. Yeah. Which is, you know, fair enough. Uh, any Anything else? No, I think we, we've riffed pretty hard on this. We'll try to get back into it. We've, you know... We were in, talk about, you know, home of the feds. Uh, we were in D.C. for a wedding. A we- like, guy. I mean, again, listeners to this show should know 
<laughs> that we've been going fucking through it <laughs> the this uh, month. But no, but, we're, we'll, you know, we'll, again, we'll get we, back on a more normal yeah. sketch. But yes, this this will also be a uh, you know yeah it's a it's a more it's a more casual uh, pod uh, yes. this round. Yes, this is if this is our, our spring break. It's sp- spring break. Spring forever. break summer. Uh, no, it's fall. You know. <laughs> um, happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween! Oh, my uh, favorite holiday. You're wait, really? Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't know this well, would about you. Yes, it was my favorite. That's holiday. true. You you really went ham. I think I'm more. I mean, I'm more of a thanks. I'm a Thanksgiving chick. I uh, like Halloween. I like all holiday. I like anything that you get a day off is nice. Halloween and New Year's. I mean, New Year's because it's it is specifically about partying essentially it, it's like true the it's only, party for party's yeah. sake and well, halloween look, i like look i like those it. swells man sorry the surf videos showing some sick drone shots of what waves look like <laughs> in sets bro <laughs> these sets are spaced perfectly evenly yeah um anyway sorry what you i get it i mean i don't know halloween is I, I i feel like it's cliche but i like i love all the i love the spookiness I mean, uh, it's I'm never in the mood to watch scary movies. And this week we watched uh, Silence of the Lambs, Interview with a Vampire, which I understand is not scary, but it is so, so horny. It's macabre. Macabrely horny. Yes. Um, we watched uh, at least one other uh, marquee scary movie, right? Uh, I We watched Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Why did why didn't any of you tell me about Sleepy Hollow? That movie f- is fucking great. Yes, uh, I've there watched- was a missed there was a missed opportunity for me to make Tim Burton my entire personality, <laughs> but I was not in that section of the hot topic. Yes. I was in the like I was in the pop punk section. Yes, not the not that this not is the Tim Halloween. Yeah. yeah, not that this is Halloween. <laughs> did you, did you, this is did Halloween. You hear Ge- this- did you hear Georgia singing "This is Halloween"? No, I did not. Oh. Our, is, uh, Georgia is our our friend's daughter who is three and uh, very into. Singing she, songs from movies. She uh, out of nowhere with no no context. That's how I <laughs> this, is, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. <laughs> um, she's incredible. She has great taste. Apparently, she likes Miyazaki movies. She likes uh, well, Nightmare it, Before Christmas. It she helps likes when you have parents with good taste. Yeah. Well, no, it, it helps, but there is no accounting for There's children's no accounting taste. For taste. I did a shoot with a woman whose kid came home from daycare, and she's and like, she has to watch "Time to watch Hotel Transylvania again every single day." Ima- imagine. Wait, is it time to watch Hotel Transylvania? Should we watch for it us? after this? I guess maybe we should. Okay, let's do it. All right, time to watch Hotel Transylvania. Time to watch another scary movie. Oh man, we went almost fifty minutes on this. Okay, great. <laughs> well, it's nice to catch up with all of you listeners. Thanks for listening. This is Infinite Cast Part Two. Inherent Cast Part ten. Seven. <laughs> no, we're not at ten yet, babe. Uh, uh, who who can say? Who can say? Uh, too busy dreaming of a chili cheeseburger. Oh shit. Should we get chili cheeseburgers later? All right. Uh, Wait, in in four seconds, we'll be at 50 minutes even. And bye.